0: This is Kenny and Hyoprin on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network.
1: It is Kenny and Hioprin back live on a beautiful Thursday night. I am Ben Kenny. So, Zach, do you have any intricate Illuminati tattoos you are looking forward to showing the audience tonight?
0: I do, but I'm going to hold off on delving into exactly what they mean until a later date
1: are they saved in your twitter drafts or or what's the <laughs> process here
0: yeah of course right okay. yes we just no. have
1: to wait till the quietest part of the offseason and then drop one of those on yes yeah right. i are of course. are you a big believer in all that like birthstone you Absolutely know seeing not. the future constellation think, kind of stuff no i think it's
0: I, i'm not you're not a big stars guy i like the stars i don't think that there's any meaning in the stars that's, that's fair. If that's what you mean?
1: i I become fond of looking at the stars and trying to find the constellations. Okay. Not I, necessarily their meaning. I'm with you there. I'm,
0: I'm more of a uh, Big Dipper little guy. Little Dipper guy. Like, can I find those? That's that's the extent of my uh, star casing.
1: So that's like third grade level constellation finding. You got,
0: you got a problem with third grade constellation uh, constellation finding?
1: Not at all. I, I, I think there are some avenues you could go to get a little deeper into that. If you cared about it. That's true. I, I say all that to say, obviously, one of... A certain picture of a tattoo is, you know, broke the internet and Wisconsin radio for a day or at least some shows. Uh, On the other hand, if one were into all of this future reading and stuff like that, I still don't think they could get a complete grasp of what college football is going to look in the next five or six years or even 10 years down the road. Obviously, last Thursday, USC and UCLA go to the Big Ten. We did a podcast on it. Search Kenny and Heil available wherever you find podcast review all that stuff. But we talked about that in depth since then a lot more has happened. You have the PAC 12 and ACC today reportedly talking to ESPN about a TV partnership. You have a report saying that the big 10 is prioritizing Notre Dame and not really looking to expand elsewhere. You have rumblings of maybe a Fox big 12 partnership as their second league And then you have reports that the Big 12 is eyeing Pac-12 teams to try to bolster their conference, looking at Arizona, Arizona State, Colorado, Utah, and then maybe Oregon and Washington. So, Zach, we finished last show kind of predicting into the future because I'll admit it, I was completely high on conference realignment. I, I just could not get enough of it, thinking about who could go where, who the Big Ten could grab, what the conference could look like. But things have slowed down a little bit, obviously, in terms of movement, but also in terms of all the crazy rumors being sprouted out. Uh, There are some reports happening, but we aren't just thrown like this school going to this conference and all that stuff. So I guess since we last talked, which was we looked forward and tried to guess which schools the Big Ten could pick up. Uh, We had both talked about Washington and Oregon. Obviously, I made the joke of Duke, North Carolina, getting the non-Coach
0: was, K Duke into there. That was a joke? Eh, it was partially a joke. Okay, all right. So I feel like you're pulling back on that now. It, was, it wasn't It was a joke.
1: It was a wishful joke. Uh, you, you could check the tapes. It's hard to tell when I'm sarcastic or not, which I guess saves me. I saw your face me.
0: when he said it. There was no joking <laughs> in there.
1: As I said, I was high on conference realignment. thank you. But what are your thoughts on what the last week has been since we saw this craziness happen last Thursday? It
0: feels like a whole lot of nothing. Doesn't it feel like a whole lot of nothing has happened? Uh, I think when it comes to this show and when it comes to the uh, Badgers, and I think that's kind of what we care about in the Big Ten, I don't think anything happens until Notre Dame makes a decision. Like, there's no... Because without that decision, you can't really plan for anything else, right? Like, if you wanted to bring... Oregon and Washington, and you could have done it already. You could have done it when they brought USC and UCLA in. You're not going to add those programs without knowing what it, what Notre Dame is going to do.
1: Yeah, that's my indication as well. The way I kind of see it is I, I'm closer to my high school days than you are. No slightly. offense.
0: No, just a
1: little bit. Yeah. It's like when you were in high school, there's that one prom date that everybody is fawning over and no other people will find their dates officially until that one person decides who they want to go with because then there are a lot of dominoes to fall, but everyone's waiting because everybody would just court that person. If it was possible, that feels like the Notre Dame situation where especially the big 10, like they won't do anything until Notre Dame chooses, but everything else is kind of stalled. Cause then you have Washington and Oregon waiting for the big 10 who's waiting for Notre Dame. I said, Oregon and Washington, Washington, Kind of feel like the person, like the bar closes at 2 a.m., 2.30 a.m. They go home, and they're waiting for that text, like the what's up text from somebody. But they know that there's a chance it won't come. So then they try to go to other options to see if there are backup plans there. So, That's kind of how it feels to me.
0: So in this analogy, in, in your prom analogy, I would think that Notre Dame has a girlfriend right now. Girlf- that girlfriend is independence. and which means <laughs> Which means they're single. No, no, no. Independence is proudly the, single. Is the girl? No, no. Independence is the girl, and it's 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 a long <laughs> relationship, long term relationship.
1: It's not a very rich girl, though. It's, comparatively,
0: it's a, she, she's a she's a she's a she's a seven. She's a seven. <laughs> uh But like, if I mean, is there are there eights, nines, and tens waiting to to grab up Notre Dame? If independence leaves if if it leaves Independence.
1: I I mean, there's a very rich, probably seven and a half that's waiting right in front of it. But right. it's a question of, are the morals there to only chase the money?
0: The, I don't think the morals <laughs> are there to only chase money. I think the morals, I, I think the morals are there in place not to chase the money. They, they've done it. They've showed they've been turned down money before. This is going to be a more exorbitant amount of money to turn down. But I think what they are not going to be able to turn down is the college football playoff. And if they are not in one of these two conferences, at the end of the day, they're not going to be. There's going to be no avenue for them to get to the college football playoff. Because I think at the end of this, when it's forty-eight teams, or twenty-four teams, or forty teams, or I should say, forty teams, forty-four teams, whatever it is, those are going to be the teams that are going to decide what the college football playoff looks like. If Notre Dame's not a part of it, what what is? What's the? What's the benefit of the Big Ten or the SEC saying, "Yep, you can stay independent and still get in here, even though you don't have to play." All of our teams, like that, doesn't make any sense. Yeah. So I think that is going to be what's going to force them into a league as opposed to necessarily the money. Now they can say, "Here's what the thing they can say." They can say, "Well, we want to be in the college football playoff," and then in the back of their minds, they're also like, "We also get that money, (laughs) we love that money." So they they, have to come out and say it. Right. Have to come out and say, "God dang that money."
1: So Bill and I were talking about this today. And that was something I brought up where, I mean, first of all, making the college football playoff, as we've seen, it's a very lucrative endeavor. Like the, pretty much the sport has been driven by it. And then now we're seeing the TV deals drive all the conference realignment. The college football playoff is the big thing for me. I wonder, though, is there a point, like I brought up, I compared it to Live Golf, trying to put aside the drastic differences in morality between the Big Ten and between the Saudi-backed golf league and the Saudi government putting aside all that stuff for a second for, let's say a golfers on tour and they are very sternly on the tour. They like what the tour offers. They like the life they've been living. Is there a dollar sign and a dollar amount that will get them off of that? Right? Cause exciting. The numbers that came out, I think it's a $50 million difference a year for Notre Dame being in the big 10 versus being independent under the new media guidelines going forward. So that's 500 mil over 10 years. Now, Bill brought up recruiting and other things that could suffer. Facilities something he brought up, but I don't really agree with that. Everyone has great facilities now. But the recruiting thing is, like Marcus Freeman just took over. He's crushing it on the recruiting trail. I think they can recruit anyway, as long as they are able to make the playoff. But it's is there a certain amount of money where they're just like, I cannot resist this, we have to go? You know what their endowment is? I don't. I figure it's large. Thirteen billion. I was gonna say I don't really have a grasp on the size of those things.
0: Thirteen billion. So but again, that you, you, you add it up over ten years, the fifty million. It's a lot. It's a lot. And again, I don't think that they're ever gonna come out and admit it, but I money has to play it a factor at some point. But again, I think it's gonna be the idea that how do we win our next national championship? And the only way you're gonna win in your next national championship. Is being a part of these two leagues, unless it happens like in the next you know couple of years before they, before this uh, college football expansion happens. What twenty twenty six is like the first year it could yeah, potentially change. I believe so. So unless you're going to win it here in the next four years, but even then, all right, you won fourteen. All right, where's fifteen? Where's sixteen? And you're not going to be able to do it without being in these conferences.
1: Yeah, if the break off happens, that I've heard people talk about. Happen. Eventually,
0: if with the NCAA,
1: yeah, the Big Ten and SEC will go. And I have a question about that. I want to get to in terms of what the future could look like. But first, if that breakoff happens, the playoff will come from that, so they will be forced. But I, I wonder in terms of like there are other things that could be at play. With I mentioned the recruiting, like scheduling wise. Is there a way to make it work if all of these conferences are so hostile to each other? Like if the Notre Dame creates a handshake agreement with the Big Ten and says, you know what, we'll just schedule all the games with you, but still stay independent. Like, I wonder how many things could be at play that could sway them either way, aside from them just getting up and saying like, you know what, screw it, we'll go, we have to.
0: Eventually, I think you're going to end up playing like one one non-conference game and everything else is going to be between teams in that division. So then are they just... Playing the ACC at that point or the Big Ten? I'm talking about. I'm I'm not talking about the end of this thing. Yeah, there will not be like, bum state and Illinois State and all the other states coming to Madison anymore. Which is
1: such a shame. I'm looking forward to Wisconsin opening their season at night against a school I've never heard of.
0: You've never heard of Illinois uh, Illinois State?
1: I've heard their name in passing, but I I can't tell you one Would thing you, about their football program. But
0: do you think? Last year may have gone better had they opened the season the way they do this year as opposed to last year.
1: Yes, but last year I accept the benefits of there were great games. But pretty was, much No, they weren't. No, like great matchups of teams. Yes, which is what the future looks like where I I'm not going to complain that instead of playing three terrible out of conference opponents, Wisconsin instead plays great teams all year. That's more fun as a follower.
0: It is. Maybe it, it's a detractor to uh, overall success. Yeah. But it's the home schedule for this year is horrible. It's trash. And I don't know how often that will happen with more good teams coming to the conference. I think there will be less down years in your schedule than there will be than there are right now when you're adding USC and UCLA to it and you are potentially adding Notre Dame and, and some other schools to it that are high profile schools that have had success in college football recently and it's not Illinois and Rutgers and Maryland and Indiana.
1: So people have brought up maybe that could force Wisconsin to do X or force Paul Chris to do this. I don't really think there's much forcing that can be done. Like Wisconsin will try to do the best at what their brand is and that'll only take them to whatever point. But I, I don't know whether that it automatically forces them to do better on the recruiting trail and play better. I just think it means they have bigger tests every year. It'll look like last year just with maybe a couple more sustained better games throughout. Yeah, for sure. Um, the question I wanted to ask, so I I'm with you on the Notre Dame thing. If it comes to the playoff and there is a line drawn in the sand, then they will jump as long as they can make the playoff being independent. I could see them staying the thing with Oregon and Washington that I heard that makes a good amount of sense is the reason the big 10 hasn't just gone out and gotten them. It's because when you look at the entire pie right now, if you will, the pie of money that is being divided across all the big 10 members. USC and UCLA makes that pie big enough for it to be worth bringing them in. Like the money that can be drawn from the LA market in California joining the conference, that would make it worthwhile for the rest of the teams to then split that to take a smaller slice. I guess it could be a bigger slice if it's a bigger pie. Adding Washington and Oregon, from how it has been explained, wouldn't necessarily make the pie large enough for every school to realize it'd be worth to take a smaller slice, if you will.
0: Here's the thing about... Adding teams, and I don't know if this can be the same way with USC and UCLA but Nebraska and Maryland and Rutgers did not get full shares of uh, money. Right when they first come in, Rutgers still isn't getting a full share. They were supposed to. It was supposed to happen in 2021. It's not going to happen until 2027 now. So when when you talk about the pie, I if Oregon and Washington would come, they wouldn't be getting the full slice of the pie, and you would you would I think you. They're not necessarily amazing brands, and I think that that's obviously the question you would have. But the pie would increase a little bit.
1: Oh yeah. Well, with, I just mean with, media market wise, with, with
0: adding Seattle to it and adding uh, another West Coast brand to it. Again, the, the LA market is obviously it, but it, they're not. They're not necessarily courting TV markets anymore. I think they're courting brands
1: and, now. It's brands. Yeah.
0: Oregon, the brand of Oregon football, is pretty big now. Is it more, it's probably more regional than obviously like a Notre Dame, which is national, but it's still significant. And I, so I think bringing them in would, would make sense. Washington has made the college football playoff. Uh, <laughs> it was an enjoyable year, which right? Is a,
1: that was such a bad game. I forget who they lost to. I don't think they, I don't think they had a first down. I'm pretty sure it was
0: Alabama. That makes sense. I think it was 31 to nothing. Uh, it wasn't great. Whatever it was, it wasn't a great game. But that's usually the case in those semifinal games for the most part, right? Yes. I mean, Especially <laughs> unless, with every Big Ten school. Not it's, named- it's usually the fourth team. The fourth team is always the one that, that doesn't play well. Usually the other three teams are Clemson, Ohio State, Alabama, or Georgia. And those games tend to be pretty good. Except for 2014
1: Ohio State, who was the four seed after the 59-0 game. and then
0: you Yes, know. but I'm saying for the most part, yes. th- that fourth team is usually one that is not necessarily always supposed to be there. From the Big Ten is what we're trying to say. <laughs> Washington's not from the Big Ten. No, I know, but
1: uh, Michigan State, Iowa, Michigan, same deal.
0: i was never been in the player.
1: Or Oklahoma, not
0: Iowa. Michigan State. Yeah, Michigan State. That was that was blowout. Yeah. They beat Iowa to get there, but no, I. The, I it would depend on the share size whether it would make make it sense or not because right. eventually they would become a full member and at that point the pie would be even bigger because you'd be. Um, renegotiating the contract again
1: yeah I would assume USC and UCLA's deal has it it's been reported already it has
0: not been it has not
1: not. no but I I saw the 100 million number uh and I think I heard someone say double USC is going to be making double what it had been making with the Pac-12 yeah but I would assume they're getting a different deal than Rutgers did to join the conference the question I wanted to ask you though probably looking forward five ten years in the future. We mentioned super conferences. You have the Big Ten and the SEC. It's undoubted going forward. There will be two. But let's say when a breakoff happens or if it doesn't happen at all, would you bet over under two and a half super conferences in five years?
0: Under. So you, Super conferences.
1: Meaning the Big Ten and SEC are two of them. Will there be a third that is created if the Big 12 raids the Pac-12 and the ACC and they kind of get close to coming together? Or will it be... Uh, just the two and then the rest are a clear second tier.
0: I mean, the only way that I I can't imagine this surviving, like there's just not enough names in those other conferences. You could put all the other, put all the other teams in the country that are not in the big 10 or the sec, put them together. They're on the level of what the big 10 and the sec will be. No, they're They're going to be significantly lower. And so I, I mean, there's still going to be interest in those games and interest in those teams, but no, I'm going to, I'm going to take the under for sure. For sure, would, they, they, they can they they can stave it off as long as they want. Uh, ESPN, you know, owns the ACC network, right? Uh, and they probably want to keep that that going as long as possible. But eventually, they also hold the SEC network, and that's going to be more important. And it's going to try and I am sure they're going to try and find a way to get somehow, some way, eventually get those teams out of the ACC and get them in the SEC.
1: How it feels like for me now is the ACC will be some sort of sub brand to the sec in a way, not a feeder. Cause there's no, there isn't going to be that drastic moving, but in terms of which one, the television network prioritizes sec first, ACC second for ESPN. And then I feel like it's going to be the big 10 and then the big 12 for Fox. And then the pac 12, the teams that are out there are going to find their way into the other two on the bottom. Like the pac 12 might scramble and grab Boise state, or wh- whatever other programs in the Mountain West. But it feels like to me that they're, they're going to be the two big ones up top and then a second clear tier. Maybe the Pac-12 still is in that because they have a couple holdovers, but that clear tier two of the three remaining Power Five conferences. And then you have the group of five. How that works for the playoff, I have no clue. I think it would be cool to have like at-large bids and then a couple auto qualifiers. Like if the winner, like put the MAC winner in the playoffs still, even though they'll get smacked. Nope.
0: Nope. All done. I want to make it like March Madness. Yeah, it's never going to be March Madness because football is just so much different than March Madness as we've seen in the college football playoffs. That's true. I, I have an
1: argument, though, for like conference championship games are going to be weird at this point when half of the country is in two conferences. It's not going to be a conference championship. Conference. Well, the, the thought was instead they're just going to add one or two playoff rounds yes. because one, it makes them a lot more money. Two, they're not going to be playing that weekend anyway. So at that point, your playoffs at 16, Yep. if not larger.
0: Yeah, you, you, it's a... 18 playoff in each conference and the champions play each other.
1: So why not give like the Patriot League an auto bid and put Cornell on?
0: Why would you give the USFL a team in the and in the NFL playoffs?
1: That's a valid point. It's it's a different business.
0: And it's no, it's going to end up it's actually going to end up being exactly the same business. And that's why so many people are actually I shouldn't say that. I, that's why a lot of people are upset. Yeah, I guess. And I honestly the NFL is the most watched sport in America, and making this more like it probably is going to help college football even more.
1: It's going to help college football. This was another argument I saw brought up. And that pipe dream of March Madness-type playoff, I know it's not going to happen.
0: Oh, it's just kind of like your Duke and UNC? No,
1: that wasn't a joke. I think it'd be really fun. Oh, you just admitted it. I just know it's very unrealistic. Yeah. The thing about the NFL and whether all this is good. I mean, good is obviously a very subjective thing. It's, are you an absolute nut job who loves every single game of the college football season loves the tradition and people can fill into different parts of the Venn diagram here. Uh, Or are you a more casual watcher who just wants to see big games after big games, turn on their TV on a Saturday afternoon and know that there will be a great matchup going like whether it's good. I feel like hits different people in such a different way. Joel Klatt tweeted this out. I I'm a fan of Joel Klatt. I know you might not be the largest. He said, it's, It's incredibly hard to see right now, in particular, if your team is outside the SEC or Big Ten, but the long-term outlook for fans is a good one. We will look back on these times as the moves that have shaped a better postseason, more quality non-conference games, and stronger governance.
0: Non-conference games. There's not going to be non-conference games. There also isn't Uh, any governance. And extended, and there isn't. No, but he's saying they're going to break away from the NCAA. It doesn't exist, all that stuff. And that's, I think, probably going to be the case. Do you have a commissioner of these two leagues? Like an overall commissioner, like a czar?
1: I think there should be. In my ideal world, there is. Uh, Barry Alperos? I would be in favor of that. <laughs> I mean... Out of retirement. You got to get Wisconsin up there somehow. But his point about whether this is great for fans, like it's, I, it's tough for me. As I've told you, I'm a big fan of Wisconsin at Northwestern, meaning a very significant amount. <laughs> you think I'm an idiot. But now those those games you know they don't mean as much it's a national brand like the, this is now a national sport it's oh,
0: going shucks, closer man. and closer to the NFL i i'm mad that a lot of the tradition is going away oh man that sucks don't have to go to 11 a.m. games at, at Evanston instead you get to play at USC and UCLA and perhaps Notre Dame gosh that's going to suck this is all a
1: subjective thing
0: it's it is i it's only it's it's only upsetting, I think, for people that thought that it was going to stay that way forever. That as soon as the 1980s happened with them, the NCAA no longer being able to do what they did and, and putting the games that they want on TV, that this wasn't eventually going to be how it all played out when the money was just too good and and, and too involved. I, I love the tradition of college football. I love the Rose Bowl. I love the idea of the Pac-12 and Big Ten or the Big Ten and Pac 10, you know, playing every January 1st, but I'm also realistic. And so I can understand that some of that has to be sacrificed for the good. And I will say this if I was not covering Wisconsin football and I was covering Texas Tech or Kansas cover- State or covering somebody, yes, somebody well, like that, you'd be excited that you have Adrian I be, Martinez. I would be so pissed right now. <laughs> I'd be so pissed. I'd be, if, or I was a fan of those teams. I'd be yeah. really, really upset. And maybe. My, f- my fan for college football would wane, but when you're bringing in 44 or 48 or however many teams this ends up being of the major programs, you're not really losing that many fans.
1: yes, well, obviously they're appealing to and, how can we just hit every eyeball and show them a great entertaining product right and the maybe fan- not the sickos that you know go crazy for 11 a.m. kickoffs at evanston
0: yes and the, or the fans like the fans that um maybe don't watch college football. But because it's, it is Wisconsin and Northwestern at 11 a.m. in Evanston, maybe it's different when it's Wisconsin and USC. The, but better matchups, better teams. I mean, those names
1: obviously pop off the TV a lot more. Yes. Naturally, which, I, as I've said, I'm excited for that part of it. I am really excited to have Wisconsin play more marquee games during the year. It'll lead to more uh, exposure nationwide. It'll be really fun. We won't have to sit through three crazy bad out-of-conference games before we get to something real. And like th- I, I am happy about all of that. At the same time, I love my Evanston games.
0: Well, and look, Wisconsin has done a good job, at least recently, of having at least one Power 5 team on their, on their, com- on their schedule, right? Washington State, when they made this originally when they made this series was was a better team than they are now. Now they have a very interesting quarterback that I'm sure as we get closer to the season, we'll, we'll talk about And that game could be a little bit more interesting than maybe some people think. But Alabama, UCLA, uh, Notre Dame, LSU, Virginia Tech, Virginia Tech, right? <laughs> uh, Pitt, like they've had all these, I mean, some pretty big names on their schedule coming up in, in future years. We'll see if they end up playing any of those games. There's no chance that Virginia Tech series ever getting played at this point. Um, damn shame yeah that's a damn UCLA game is now gonna be in conference so they've done a they've done a good job but then there's also the other three games that they have to fill uh you know and that hasn't always been ideal yeah but I also understand it I I think opening against Illinois State can be very very good for this team this year
1: oh definitely it'll be good supposed to to face that
0: Penn State defense
1: no doubt I I think it won't be good actually let's hit this next there's something I think that game is going to be bad for I'm going to talk about that when we come back. All right, because I, I can already hear the comments. I can already hear what is said afterwards. All right, it's Kenny and Heilprin, 608-321-1670. A couple tweets to get to when we come back about all this college football realignment. Also, does Wisconsin have a quarterback recruiting problem? Some recent developments on the recruiting trail may lead to it. We'll tell you what we think. That's coming up next. It is Kenny and Heilpern. This is Kenny and Heilprin on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network. All right, welcome back. Kenny and Heilprin, 608 321 1670. Our buddy RJ tweets in the meme of the Joker, and here we go. We're moving to relegation in college football. That is impossible, but I have said, if you want to create intrigue on games that otherwise wouldn't matter, put Brett Bielema against Pat Fitzgerald in Evan in the last week of the year. The winner avoids relegation and stays, and then the coach gets carried out on the player's shoulders. That would be fun while impossible.
0: Why in the world would you put Brett Bielema against Pat Fitzgerald? Why wouldn't it be Brett Bielema against Paul Christ?
1: Because Paul Chris would not be avoiding relegation. My whole point is it's two teams at the bottom. You never know. Well, that is... If it ever falls to that point, I don't think Paul Chris would be the coach. So. I, I was about to say if Paul Chris is the coach in however many years. That is. I, I mentioned what I think the Illinois State game will be bad for. I think it's going uh, to I, be... Can I guess? Yeah.
0: marks are going to tear it up and people are going to be like, it doesn't matter.
1: It. Oh, no, the opposite. Oh, okay. oh the exact opposite. I was
0: going to say it's going to be like... He's going to tear it up and be like, who cares? It's Illinois state.
1: No, Graham Mertz is going to have a a great game. He's going to hit all the throws. He might have a couple misfires, but you won't make any drastic mistakes. And then people are going to start screaming that he's back. uh, Quote tweeting with pictures from the Illinois game and not really understand that every single receiver was running 20 yards open down the field. That is going, what it's going to be bad for is my head It is going to give me a terrible, terrible headache.
0: Because you you're not a Graham Mertz guy.
1: I'm not. People have called me a Graham Mertz doubter. You're dopp- I like to think I'm realistic about him. I'm not a Graham Mertz guy. You're, but do- you're his doppelganger, though.
0: Some have said that. I disagree. I. You guys look exactly... You put your hat on backwards, you look exactly the same. Yeah. Well, I'm going to avoid... Put, and, you, and you wear your hat backwards a lot. So, like, it's... You, you, you guys have. Now, he's got a little bit better flow than you these days. Undoubtedly. Um, but doppelganger so i think that's maybe where and and you're a jack cone lover so like that's that's the other <laughs> pro, that's the other problem here like it's not so much i is it a grand merch thing or is it a jack cone thing for you
1: uh it could be a cone thing i mean last year i part of it was because he was tearing it up yeah but i'm also a realistic person i understand how that situation played out I don't think anyone made drastic mistakes. I think it was a messed up situation. I want Dave Damashek to go back and do one of those. What if videos? What if Jack Cohen never breaks his foot? Maybe Wisconsin's in the big 10 title a couple more times. Uh, Speaking of Wisconsin. And then don't have a quarterback this year. Well, speaking of Wisconsin and quarterbacks, uh, does, does the program right now have a quarterback recruiting problem? You go back since Graham Mertz, Uh, Since the class that Graham Mertz was landed in 2019, the program signed nobody in 2020. They signed Deacon Hill in 2021. They signed Miles Burkett in state 2022. And at this point with Lincoln Kineholtz committing to Washington, looked like Wisconsin's last big effort in the 2023 class. It looks like they're not going to get anybody in 2023. So Zach, I ask you with, there were some really good years in a row, you know, they, they bring in, Cone uh, they bring in Mertz a couple years later and now they have brought in Hill and Burkett we're kind of at the point like if Graham Mertz somehow is not the guy still you go into next year Deacon Hill might have to be the guy like Chase, does does Wisconsin
0: have a quarterback
1: recruiting problem
0: Chase Wolf is also in there he was a he was a he was a okay recruit I thought he was a, a good recruit for them I
1: know I was talking more about players that have played a lot and started.
0: Well, Burkhead and um, Hill have not started. I mean,
1: in terms of having success, I mentioned oh, specifically okay. Conan Mertz. I was going to say Hornybrook, but I decided against it.
0: He had a good 2017.
1: Yeah, he had a solid 2017.
0: Yeah. Uh, but again, that's a really, really long time ago. They didn't have a quarterback problem, recruiting problem in 2019. No. Do they have one now? I, You could say yes. But you could also point to being like, Paul Christ has given... Um, Graham has, is very um, loyal, I think is the word I was looking for there, to Graham Mertz. And I think people see that in the recruiting, that's for sure. The the two guys that they did get, Miles Burkett and Deacon Hill, were not their first choices uh, in those years, correct?
1: Yes. Uh, if you look at 2022 class, taking away the choices in terms of how highly rated all the guys were, Miles Burkett was the last of the offers that Wisconsin gave out, uh, rating wise, and Deacon Hill was second to last in yeah. 2021.
0: Yeah, so do they have a recruiting uh, re- quarterback recruiting problem? I think it's a it's a bit of an issue, and and but I think the bigger question is why have they run into this problem? Like, what is the reason for the for the inability to to bring in higher level guys? I think part of it is having a guy like Graham Mertz at the school. I think another problem is that guy. Perhaps not developing at the same level that maybe that maybe you expect them to. Um, yep. And Paul Chris kind of had a reputation at has at times as an offensive coordinator and as a head coach of being able to develop quarterbacks. I think certainly Jack Cohn improved over his time as a Badger. Um, Joel Stabby was better in 2015 than he was in 2014. Alex Hornibrook, I thought, uh, obviously took a step from 2016 to 2017. Bart Houston, the same thing. Like there there ha- there have been signs of it. But the thing with Graham is just he hasn't been the guy that everyone thought he would be. And there are a lot that goes into it. Offensive line, wide receivers, and everything like that. But I think that, to me, is at the top of the list as, as the reason um, why maybe they've had some issues.
1: How about how much of an effect do you think it has had that John Budmeyer left in 2020? I don't think
0: it had any effect whatsoever.
1: The primary recruiter for a lot of the guys, not no, really? I don't. Because I, I think all the things together. I'll
0: say this. Graham, great Great relationship with John Budmeier. Um, he certainly credited him with with some of that and, and the ability to um, connect with him. They would go down and watch film. I remember talking to Graham like what makes what stands out about John Bud John Budmeier as a coach, and he said, "We just come and talk football. Like he'll come down. We won't do anything else. We'll just go and watch film. We'll just go and and chill and watch film." They they loved that's that's what he was. He was he's kind of he was kind of like a smaller, younger Paul Crest. I think. And, uh, but that said, Paul Chris had a chance to bring John Bonner back to Wisconsin this off season. He didn't do it.
1: Yeah, I mean, out of all the things that that you would listed, I I think the biggest is the presence of Graham Mertz actually being there. Because one thing I I'm going to bring up now is like l- looking forward there. You hope that Hill's the guy. You hope that Burkett could be the guy. One of the two uh, after Graham Mertz is done playing. After that, though, not really anyone in 2023. We don't know about 2024 yet, but even if all of that turns into a disaster and there's no plan, the transfer portal's there. Mm -hmm. And Wisconsin has showed, I mean, they showed this offseason. The entire secondary pretty much was rebuilt. They brought in three cornerbacks. A safety gets hurt. They bring in another safety. They have shown an ability to replenish positions, whether it's for a year, whether it's just bringing more talent in, uh, through the transfer portal. So in the event that they absolutely need a quarterback, I have a lot of trust that they will be able to go get someone who has experience and can play. I don't think a lot of the guys that maybe they could have gone after to compete with Mertz would have just come to Wisconsin if Mertz was there, given the fact that he probably had the inside track of the job just because he's been there for a while. But you look at this last transfer portal class, and this is, I mean, the first real year that it's gone crazy. Caleb Williams, Quinn Ewers, Jackson Dart, who went to Ole Miss. You have Spencer Rattler, Cam Ward, the Washington State guy, Dylan Gabriel, Max Johnson, Kedon Slovis, Connor Basilac, Adrian Martinez, Casey Thompson. Like there are so many experienced good quarterbacks or ones that project to be good out there. So I feel like even though it hasn't looked great since, say, landing, even if we go back to Deacon Hill, like since not landing Hill and then getting Burkett in state, even though there aren't good plans after that, I'm fine going forward with with where they are. Because I think they can just go get somebody. It's
0: probably worthwhile to say they had maybe a high school recruiting problem. Yes. In terms of uh, quarterbacks. But we saw their willingness to go out, and they all downplayed it afterwards, but the willingness to go out and try and get Caleb Williams. Right. They knew that that was definitely going to be an upgrade if they were able to get him. And so they went after him. And it didn't work out. But they've shown they showed a willingness to add, as you mentioned, to the the cornerback room and fill in spots where there's young guys. And I have no doubt if Graham Mertz struggles this year, that they will do that next year. They will. I mean, they'll they'll have to. They'll yeah. Go after. They won't. They won't. They will not go into next year with the quarterbacks being if if Graham doesn't play well, of it being Graham, uh, Deacon Hill and Miles Burkett. it just won't be the case. They'll they'll bring a guy in and give him every chance in the world to be the starter over Graham. And I. If he play, doesn't play well, if he plays like he did last year, I, you would you would think there's going to be a transfer. He's going to be like, oh, yes, because you're going to look at this skill position group next year for Wisconsin and the offensive line, and it's going to be like all they're missing is a quarterback.
1: Yeah, well, there could be a little bit of an argument there that if he struggles again, that might be just another, you know, ex- uh, another reason for one of these guys out there to say, and eh, maybe I don't want to play under the guy. Or you could also say, Maybe if he struggles again, it's it's just him, right? That's the so. thing.
0: I mean, you've you've reworked your offensive staff. You are have reworked the offensive line. You have a whole new group at wide receiver for the most part. You have a Heisman Trophy candidate in the backfield. There's a lot of good things and a lot of change. Graham Mertz is one of the constants from last year. And if it's if it doesn't if he does not take that step, then you you have to go out and find somebody else. I am on record as saying though. Deacon Hill is going to be a starting quarterback at some point in Wisconsin. I have no I I'm, All right. I'm going out, I'm gonna say that right now. And I may end up looking like a fool and that's will not be the first time, will not be the last time. But he his arm strength and his ability, it's about consistency, which is also the same problem with Graham. But he can make any throw on the field, and I think he's got a chance if he can just harness that to be special. Huh. And I don't haven't seen enough of Miles. Burkett to know he didn't get nearly enough time in spring to know, but Deacon Hill, everything that you've heard about his arm strength is 100% accurate. He may, he may dent some walls as he uh, gets it under, uh, under control, but I think he's got a chance to be uh, the next starter for sure.
1: Well, there's the whole dual threat thing that everyone always brings up that like, Oh, Wisconsin needs a dual threat quarterback like, that's, that's not what it is. They, they just need a, just need it, it sounds very simple. They just need a freaking good quarterback. Yes. Last time they had someone I call quite good. Everyone can agree. At least was fine was Jack Cohn. And they were up 21 to seven on Ohio state in the big 10 championship.
0: Honorable mention, all big 10.
1: Um, And you know, should have won the Rose bowl then against Oregon. Had it Ooh, not,
0: Alex Hornibrook was also honorable mention big 10.
1: I don't remember, I but don't. I, I say all this. I I'm with you with all that. I uh, Hill, I don't know if I'm sold, but I haven't seen. I pretty much haven't seen him thrown at all, right? Because I don't think you've seen him once. I've watched his high school. I haven't seen him thrown person at all. Okay. I went back when he was recruited. I watched the high school tape. Yes, but it's
0: uh, it's amazing. Uh, again, I'm. I've joked about this on on our podcast the camp that I'm I'm kind of drunk. I'm drunk on Deacon Hill's arm strength. <laughs> uh, wasted about it, and I have. Th- that maybe is clouding my judgment a little Deacon bit. Deacon Hill could be your Jack Cone. It, it, it's perhaps clouding my judgment a little bit because he's got so many other things that need work. You know what I mean? Like, especially the accuracy, because there are times... And also, there are, there are a few throws that you're like, you can't make that throw, which is also the case with every other quarterback that they have. So, um, the upside of him, I think, is maybe as high as anybody.
1: He's also... Two hundred and sixty-two no, pounds. Not. No, he's not. Not anymore. No. So the the spring roster
0: was false. The spring roster was completely accurate, but throughout spring and and the other, right. him and Graham Mertz uh, actually uh, working out together. And because Graham lost some weight, uh, he'd be a little bit more uh, spry. And he, that that was probably one thing that stood out during spring. He was definitely a little bit lighter on his feet, which he's a dual threat. He needs to be a little bit. Uh, <laughs> if, if, uh, you know, he's going to end up taking some the shots that he did last year. But Deacon Hill, the weight is what it is. It is what it is. He's, he's a bigger guy.
1: Right. If the accuracy. He's not going to
0: be 260, though. Like, I, I would be shocked. Right. If he, I would be shocked if he shows up to camp at 260.
1: Right. That was, yeah, that was just that line from
0: oh, I know what that entering line was. spring. Yes.
1: Uh, but I, I'm, I'm with you 100% with what you said before the Hill stuff. I also think in this current state of college football, there will be programs out there that are just that will that just become a revolving door of transfer portal transfer portal quarterbacks. Yeah. Like I wouldn't be surprised if Lane Kiffin at Ole Miss every two years when his old transfer guy graduates, he goes and gets a new transfer guy that he's seen. Because think about it. You're able, the film you're looking at is so much more reliable from college. uh, It's so much, I guess, less of a guessing game in a way that if you can get him in the building and you've already seen him perform at a certain level, then you know that he can come fill this role. So Wisconsin will benefit from that. I say all this to say everyone who's freaking out about the quarterback recruiting, relax. Like, yeah, they probably need to go get a guy. 2024, Hopefully. And hopefully, Hale and Burkhead are good. But this program knows what to do and how to build their roster. And they will be resourceful to go get a quarterback if they need it, which after this year, they very well could. All right. 608 321 1670. Woefully late for a break, as Bill Michaels would say. It's Kenny and Heilprin. We'll be right back. This is Kenny and Heilprin on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network. A couple quick segments before we get out of here. I meant to mention this earlier, but I'm mentioning it now better late than never tomorrow. The bill Michael show is normally from 10 to two. Bill Michaels is off instead of myself and grant bills in for him. Zach, we are hosting from 10 to two tomorrow, probably continuing these conversations. I assume there will be some other crazy idiotic tweets that people pick up and think are true that come out tomorrow. Talking about college football realignment, so it's a Wisconsin Badger, college football-centric Bill Michaels show tomorrow. And at 1230, do you want to do the honors?
0: We're expected to be joined by Wisconsin running back Braylon Allen. Because he's got a big season coming up, but also a big softball charity event coming up in Fond du Lac in, uh, I think, next weekend. Obviously, there's another one this weekend with uh, Alec Kingold that we talked about a couple weeks ago. But yeah, Braylon Allen's going to be joining. Lot to lot to get to with him. He's not going to be around I don't think by the time the Big Ten uh, expands, but we'll get his thoughts on that and plenty more. Playing
1: in California, all that good stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so that is 10 to 2 tomorrow. Zach and I are in. Uh, Zach, I wanted to hit this. Uh, first, there is a Twitter poll up at Benzie Kenny. I asked, does Wisconsin have a quarterback recruiting problem? I It is a little vague, so people could have taken it however they did. 300 votes in, 74.7% say yes. I think there is kind of an overreaction because this cycle has not gone great. The last couple cycles have not gone great since Mertz. And I mean, to be honest, Mertz hasn't panned out. So even when they landed the big ticket guy, it wasn't everything that everybody hoped it to be, at least up to today. So I think there is definitely some overreaction going on. I think when you look back and look at the entire setting of the situation, the program will be fine. And maybe this is a Wisconsin cop-out answer. As long as there's a great offensive line there and a good running back and they find someone who's good. Like I if they find another Jack Cohn in as the Big Ten is constructed today, they could contend for Big Ten titles legitimately. They just need to get Ohio State once, which is getting harder and harder. But I think it's possible.
0: Right. Because they're gonna have an elite defense, I think, most years, with Jim Leonard as your defense coordinator. And so Yes, I would agree. So I also wanted Jack to... Jack Cone, come on now. Got to think, gotta think higher than that. Got to go like a Scott Tolzien or a Russell Wilson. I mean, then, they were right there with him. They lost four games with him.
1: They lost four games with him. I can point to most of them, except for the Ohio State road game, and point to things that weren't his fault, necessarily. Oh, oh Okay. I could do a whole show on that. I'm sure you could. Jonathan
0: Taylor. He didn't throw throw an interception against Illinois late in that game. Taylor fumbled. That's what changed the game. He didn't throw an interception right to the guy in Illinois. They came down and kicked the field goal and won it. Taylor fumbled before that. That's what
1: changed the game. Jonathan Taylor
0: did fumble in that game. Yes, he did. Jonathan Taylor was also a legend at Wisconsin and Jack is not.
1: That is true, but uh, Cone's arm and playmaking ability is what had them up against Ohio State. What happened in the before the punter dropped?
0: What happened? The, the ball? Oh, oh! Now we're blaming the punter, <laughs> the punter, as opposed to Wisconsin not scoring in the second half. Well, that's part of it, but
1: also they they had to press, and you know the punter couldn't hold a snap. And against Oregon, uh, bad Pat. offensive PI call, and also four, punter dropped another snap. Four or five turnovers. Punter dropped another snap. He did. Alright, All right. we're gonna step away. Final segment when we come back. It is Kenny and Heilprin. This is
0: Kenny and Heilprin on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network.
1: Alright, final segment before we get out of here. It's Kenny and Heilprin. 608-321-1670. As I said, tomorrow. We are in for the big unit, Bill Michaels, 10 to two Braylon Allen scheduled to join us at 1230. There will be more to come as well. Talking college football realignment a lot on this Wisconsin football team. Big 10 media days are coming up in a couple weeks. I'm very excited. And some on the Packers, some on the Brewers just going to hang out and talk sports. Have you ever been to Indianapolis? Have you ever been to uh... I've never been. Never been to Indianapolis. Yeah. Well, we're... I was I was I was planning to go to the Big 10 Championship last year. Had Wisconsin beat Minnesota.
0: I had the tab on my computer open to buy tickets. Buy tickets? Okay. So So you would have you would have gone to see them get obliterated by Michigan again? Uh, uh, they... Obliteration
1: is a tough word. They would have done better than Iowa, can guarantee you that. I don't know about I don't know about that. I
0: don't know about that. Uh, either way, Yes, Uh, Indianapolis, great.
1: All right, Uh, we'll talk to you tomorrow at 10. Thanks for hanging around. See ya.
0: Kenny and Heilprin, Thursdays from 6 to 7 and on demand at madcitysportzone.com.